hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you. We come giving our hearts to you. Help them to be warmed. Help them to see the work that we do and the ministry that we share allows people to be connected to your love and your grace. We come to you with our minds, knowing that you have called us to use them in a way that allows us to see what you are doing around us. We come to you just as we are, because we all know that none of us are perfect, and we all are in need of your love and your grace. So God, as we spend these next few moments together, we pray that you allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we are continuing in our series called Secure, and this is our our stewardship uh, series, if you will. We're, We're talking about how we can use all that we have to, to proclaim the goodness of our Lord and Savior. You know, last week we talked about sometimes we get caught in this distraction thinking, well, what's, what's in it for me? All this stuff, what, what, what can I get out of it? And that's really not the question we need to be asking. The question we need to ask is how can we take what God has given us and be able to share all of that with others? Security is one of those things that that we can get hung up on, isn't it? You know, whenever I think of my life, whenever I think about growing up in Hutchinson, Kansas, a long, long time ago, I, I remember riding my bicycle. I remember uh, whenever I started to ride my bicycle, mom and dad uh, took me and my older brother in the car because we just kind of moved into a, a newer neighborhood, and, and they uh, took us to four different streets that kind of bordered our house. And they let us know that these are your boundaries, this is where you can ride your bike. You can ride your bike anywhere you want as long as you don't go past 17th Street or, or Severance Street or, or Lorraine Street or, or, or 30th Street. You can go anywhere you want to. Just don't go past those streets. I remember one day, Mom and Dad made me mad. Can you believe that? Parents making their kids mad. So I decided, in my wisdom, that I was going to run away. You know, I, I, I saw old reruns of Leave it to Beaver and Happy Days or, you know, other those, those kids shows where the kids pick up 
their stuff and they run away. So I, I, I took some articles of clothing and I took a bandana and a stick and I tied them because that's, that's what you, way you do it. So I tied them all up and I went out to my bicycle and I told mom and dad, okay, I am running away thinking that I would get this, this, this shock and awe. But mom and dad looked at me and said, okay, bye. <laughs> now, I don't think we would do that now. The world's changed a lot from, from uh, Hutchinson, Kansas back in 1976 to 1980. But my mom and dad knew that anywhere I went, I would be fine. I would be okay. They knew the neighborhood. And I remember I was just mad because they didn't care. And I rode my bicycle to this little, little ravine back behind a couple of houses. And I sat there. Seemed like an eternity for me, but it was probably more than five minutes. And the next thing I knew, I was back on my bicycle and I was riding back home to, to apologize for running away. Only to have the smile of my mom and dad, just in that knowing, yeah, we knew he'd be back. We knew you'd be back. But see, I think the main reason why I was able to do that was because I felt secure in my neighborhood. I felt secure anywhere that I went as long as I stayed in those boundaries that were, were set up for me. Security is really important to us as a society now, isn't it? I was looking online, and MarketWatch had a, uh, some stats about home security systems. And in 2018, the home security uh, industry is a $45 billion industry. We spend $45 billion to make sure that we are safe and secure. They're saying that by 2023, that industry is expected to reach up to over $74 billion so we can be safe, so that we can be secure. Now, even if you look around our church, we are taking steps to make sure that, that we're secure here. You know, we have uh, great trustees that are, that are helping install cameras to, to make sure that people are, are, are looking, or we, we can look to see what's happening around our campus. We've even instituted our Kids Check program where every single child that comes and is a part of either Sunday school or our Wednesday night jam program, even vacation Bible school, we make sure that we know who is in our campus and who is on our campus. And we make sure that the tags that we have for our kiddos line up so the right person takes the right child home, even though sometimes we may want somebody else to take our children home. <laughs> but see, these are the steps that we take so that we are safe and secure. And, and secure. But we all know that it doesn't matter how much we prepare. Life has ups and downs. Life has, has things that can throw us for a, a loop. We, we may be preparing for something to happen, and something will come along and just 
knock us totally off our game and we're trying to grasp for that security once again. You know, I wish I could say that that was something that was new, but, you know, it's something that even happened to Jesus. You know, we're looking at the gospel of of Matthew today, and before we get to our, our, our one verse that helps us see how we can be secure, we're going to kind of take a look at the chapter before that verse. Chapters 1 and 2 uh, talks about uh, Christ's nativity and his birth and, and those things that happen in his life. When we get to chapter 3, Jesus is now uh, 30 years old and he is starting his ministry. But he starts his ministry in, in an unusual way, if you will. He goes to the river. And, and while Jesus is at this river... He walks up to John the Baptist, and he calls John the Baptist to to baptize him. And and as John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus, a a dove comes down out of the sky, and we hear this voice, this is my son, the one whom I am pleased. Now, when I think about that, I hear as that being an extremely high point in Jesus' life. I mean, to have God to actually to speak down into the world and say, this is whom I sent. This is my son whom I am pleased. Listen to him. Do what he tells you to do. Right after that, Jesus goes off into the wilderness. And Jesus is spending 40 days where he is tempted time and time again by Satan. Each one of those tempting moments, Satan is trying to get Jesus to say, you know, yeah, I may be the son of God and everything, but but I want to rely only on me. But those three times that Jesus is tempted, he turns it back on Satan. And basically says, my strength comes from the one who sent me. My strength comes from the one who loves me. My strength comes from God. And whatever you promise me cannot compare to what I already have. And Jesus is then swept away and taken care of by angels. So we have these moments of highs and lows, and then the followed by John the Baptist is, is, is beheaded, and, and Jesus is turned into this, this, this turmoil of his life. But we know that Jesus has it all under control. And I think the reason why that Jesus has it all under control is because of the words that he speaks, which is our scripture for the day from Matthew 4, verse 17, where Jesus says... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. See, that that was Jesus' message. Jesus' message over and over again was that the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, we get stuck on the idea of where the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is, is, is somewhere out there where You know, once we die and once we pass away, we will go to the kingdom of heaven. But that's not the Jewish understanding of what the kingdom of heaven is all about. 
the Jewish understanding helps us see that when Jesus uses the use of heaven, it was a way of showing that God was no longer just this, this person out there, but God was present. God is here, right here, and right now. It was a way to show honor to God for, for the work that God was doing in and among Jesus and in among the disciples and those who were listening to Jesus' teaching. It was a way to show that the kingdom of heaven was something that we can grasp right now. We don't have to wait for it. That's why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we have that line that we say every week, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to propose to you that when we talk about being secure, the best way that that we as the body of Christ can be secure is when we together are working to bring God's kingdom here and now. Here in the sanctuary of Royce City First United Methodist Church in our communities and in our world, every action that we take is an action to show that God's kingdom is here for all people to grasp and to hold on to and and to experience and to Enjoy. See, when we get caught up in trying to hold on to our security, if you're like me, you feel less secure because you want more security. You want more things to help keep you isolated in your little sphere of influence. You want more to keep yourself away from those other people that might hurt you or might be different than you, who might disagree with you. But living in God's kingdom, being secure in God's kingdom, we know that there is nothing on the outside that will harm us, that will keep us away from the love of our Savior. We go to the Beatitudes. Jesus gives us different pictures of what it means to live in God's kingdom. In, in Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I always find it funny that we want to make it sound like, you know, blessed are those who have it all together because they can finally accept what God has for them. Blessed are those who are, are, are on the up and up, those who are in high power because God will be with them. No, Jesus doesn't say that because it's important to understand that it's in our weakness that God is finally 
strong. So as the church, and as ones who are secure in the love and grace of Jesus Christ, how does that influence the world we live in? Jesus gives us that answer in a parable that he tells later in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 13. He talks about this yeast. And if you're familiar with yeast, it can be just such a small, tiny amount. And Jesus shares about how when we take this yeast and we put it into a a floury, doughish mixture and we start mixing it in, the yeast takes over and, and, and it takes up the entire concoction that you have made, and it makes it grow, and it makes it to be the bread that we love to eat and enjoy. When we as followers of Christ live our lives as that yeast, then the whole world around us is changed. When we live as that yeast, people see the love and the grace of Jesus Christ in a tangible way that allows people to want to have a part of that. And my friends, being a part of Royce City First United Methodist Church over the past two and a half years, I see a ton of yeast. I see a... Okay, maybe that wasn't really a good analogy. (laughs) But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with that. I see a lot of activity that infects the world around us. I see a lot of activity that allows us to be the love and grace of Jesus Christ in a tangible way that makes people look at our church and say, you know, I don't know what they have, but I want a part of that. I don't know what exactly that makes them laugh besides some of the crazy things that Pastor Chris says on a Sunday morning, but I see a joy in them that I want to have. And then when they, when they come, when they have an opportunity to, to be in relationship with us, we as a church are then able to say, you know where that comes from? It doesn't come from inside of me. It comes from the God whom I love. It comes from the God that I serve. It comes in a way that allows us to live out the end of Romans chapter 8 that says no matter what and the world is going on, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So, next week is the last week of our stewardship campaign, and when you got your bulletins uh, today, and when you walked in, hopefully I left my copies down here, so... Hopefully you also not only got a couple of cards that I talked a little bit about last week. One is a giving card, and the other one is uh, what, what I call a service card. Allow you to share with the church. Now, this is how I will help support the ministry of Royce City First United Methodist Church financially. But the other card is just as important, because the other card says this is how 
I will serve my church with my prayers, my presence, my service, and my witness. I invite you to take these home and talk among your family and say, you know, it's, it's easy to want to be secure. It's easy to just lock everything up. That way I know that I have enough for me. But we want to live in God's kingdom. And we want to be secure knowing that what we are doing is making a difference in the life of our, our young disciples, our youth, our adults, our senior adults, and to the community around us. And be in prayer over the next week and see how you can do that. You know, this uh, other pamphlet that says secure, this is our ministry report for the last year. On the back page, it has a budget at a glance, which will be approved by our uh, church council on, on Monday. Uh, also, it gives an idea of how we are supporting others in the life of our church. You know, I just blown away that we have used over $13,000 to do ministry outside of our church. You know, through our Crooked House ministry, through our Daily Bread, through UMCOR. And you can add another uh, $3,000 that, that we did for Christmas to help support Davis Elementary School with uh, the school lunches and also uh, the Methodist children, Children's Home. All of these things you do because I believe you already know where your security is. Your security isn't it in things. It isn't in an alarm system or the types of locks that you have on a door. Your security isn't how you put walls up around yourself so no one can penetrate what's inside. Your security is knowing that you are one in whom Christ dwells and delights, and that you live in God's unshakable kingdom. And it's because of those things we give, we serve, we share, so that others may grasp that security and know that God's abundant love is also for them. So thank you. Thank you as your pastor for being the church that God has called you to be so that we can be in ministry together, making a difference in the world because Christ has made a difference in and through us. So let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for your great love. We give you thanks that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry about where our future lies because we know and that we live in your love and your grace. We know that we, we live in your unshakable kingdom. So God, as we move through this next week, and as we take a time to look to see how we can continue to support the ministries of Royce City First United Methodist Church,
that you allow us to see through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We are able to boldly proclaim that you are our God. And we want to share that with others. So God, we lift this church up to you. We lift each other up to you. And we lift our community and world to you and pray that we are able to love as you have called us to love. And so we pray this. In the strong name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.